Hello and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today I have Tom Mitros. Hi, Tom. Hey, Jess. How are you? So we met, feels like forever ago, and we decided to bring you on here and enlighten people about everything you do. So why don't you give us a little background of who you are and um, what's going on in your life? All right. Well, uh, my name is Tom Mitros, uh, owner of Mitros Insurance. Uh, we've been in business for about 15 years. We help serve uh, business clients, typically, you know, contractors, uh, they may own restaurants, um, office space, you know, Main Street American type business, stuff you find on Main Street. Um, general liability, work with comp, professional liability. And uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's the crux of it. Just insurance. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully no one falls asleep on my, what I do. <laughs> No, no, no. We have different kinds of insurance in here. We definitely have a lot of financial insurance on here too. So give us a little bit about how you help the contractors. How do you help the restaurant? Like what, tell us a little bit more about the depth of the insurance. Like why sure. you work with other someone else? So, the, you know, many people think the most important part is price and that is important, but the, actually the most important part is when a claim occurs, did you have the proper coverage? Um, so, you know, for example, let's say I'm meeting with a uh, person that owns a deli or a restaurant. Recently, I met with someone and we're going over their policy and I saw they only had $100,000 of coverage for their their contents, their properties. That would be their fryers, their, you know, refrigeration equipment, you know, the tables, et cetera. And they're like, wow, I think I should have like 200000 So imagine if that person had that incident, had that fire, and they only had hundred grand from the insurance company to replace what cost them two hundred grand. Wow. That they, they'd have a problem. Yeah. Um, and... It really only cost them about $200 to $300 a year in that range to maybe a little more, but not much more to get the proper coverage. Um, so obviously we look at, make sure they have the proper coverage. And then we try to be as price competitive as possible. Um, that's also important. Um, so that's, that's really how we help out is make sure the coverage is there when you need it. And then also that you're paying competitive premium. So I feel like I feel like you said the first thing is price. So it's like, oh, how much am I going to be spending a month? And is it even worth it? I feel like a lot of people go, well, I mean, insurance is important, right? So can you kind of tell us a story about how having insurance kind of like a proper insurance really saves somebody? Sure. Um, so, for example, we had a client where they had. And again, many people think, well, I, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm super clean or I'm super safe, right? So we had a client where um, they, they are a retail shop and they are on the second floor and on the first floor, not their location, uh, the person had a plumber in and they were doing repairs and it started a fire. So now the whole building went up and all their, their, their retail property gone. This was like a million dollar claim. Um, and if they didn't have the proper coverage, they would have been out of luck. You know, they would have probably had to pay two, three hundred thousand dollars out of pocket to replace their their property they lost because they were high end retail. They have expensive belongings. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean that's that's kind of the key is yeah. we look at price and we never think anything's going to happen. But this person, because they had the right coverage, and also they were out of business for like six months, so they had their income covered because they had the they had actual loss sustained for their income protection they had their belongings replaced um and now the insurance company is working to go against the other party that caused the fire so now the insurance company in a way is, is providing legal 
So if you add up everything that the insurance company is paying between legal, between the income protection, between the belongings they lost, oh, it's probably $1.5 to $2 million. Sure. And their premium, I think, is around 10 to 15 grand a year. So, you know, do the math, see how that worked out. <laughs> That's insane. And how do you, I guess, all right, so my next question would be, how common do you think these stories are? Um, I mean, you know, luckily Maybe not common. Maybe that's that right? severity, but like, you know. Right, so it shouldn't, hopefully not common, uh, because hopefully, you know, it's great that the insurance company did all these things, but imagine all this headache and, and stress this person went through during this time. I'm sure they prefer that this claim never happened. So we do things, a good business owner does things to help mitigate the chance of it happening. Um, this something that was as extreme as I just mentioned may only happen once every four, five, six years to one of my clients. Right. Uh, so it's hopefully not a yearly event for one of my clients, but they're smaller claims. You know, I have a, a, another client where they were at fault in an auto accident. They had a million dollars of liability coverage and the insurance company paid out the full amount because the person that they hit was severely injured. Wow. So now imagine if they went the cheap route and got the state minimum offered by Progressive or something, uh, they could have, you know, they could have some liens against them. They could have lawyers chasing them, trying to get into their accounts to help, you know, pay the settlement fee for the other party that was injured. And like you said, that's stressful, but it's also kind of scary too, because it's your business. It's your name. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these, Unfortunately, like I said, these things can happen and you have insurance for that reason, right? Like you don't have insurance for the, for the thousand dollar claim. I mean, it's there if you need it, but a lot of businesses would survive if they had to pay a thousand, two thousand dollars out of pocket to repair or replace something. Um, it's, you know, when, when you say you have a million dollars of liability coverage, that's what you have. And, and that's what it's there for, for that extreme event that hopefully never happens, but it's, it's, it's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, what do you think as a business owner, what are some questions I should be asking other insurances? Like you, so you mentioned some name brands, right? So what are some questions I should be asking the insurance agent? Um, so I think the two or three big things, so, so that's a good question. So a contractor may have separate questions than a, a retail shop, right? So let's say you're an auto body shop, a re retail shop where you're depending on your location. Like if there was a fire there tomorrow, you may not be able to work for three, four, five months. So one thing I would want to know is, what income protection does my policy have? Now, it most likely has actual loss sustained for 12 months, but you would want to verify that. It's up to you as the business owner. See, this is the other part. It's up to you as the business owner to know what your contents cost. Like, I'm not a restaurant owner. I have no idea how much um, a fryer costs, right? So you should have an idea of, all right, how much did you put into the business? What betterments did you make to the property that your landlord wouldn't return? So that you have to have some self-education. And then once you know that number, you want to make sure you say to the agent, hey, like, between the betterments I made to this property and all of my equipment and tables, et cetera, it's 500,000, you know, well, how much coverage does this policy have if something were to occur? And then how much liability coverage? So those would be, I say, the three main things to know. I would recommend every business have at least a million. And then if you are a business, a million dollars of liability coverage, and if you are a business that is larger, a larger target, you may want to look at having more, especially if you have vehicles on the road. Um, you know, I think that is your biggest risk is there's school buses on the road and everybody hit one of them. Yeah. So those would be the three main questions. I mean, there's other little nitty gritty things, but those would be the three main 
if you're a contractor and you work from home, you may not care about your loss of income because your house <laughs> really isn't related or your office, home office, isn't really related to the project. But maybe you have questions like maybe you have tobacco, that's 20,000. Uh, maybe you have, you want to know how much coverage you have in case you're installing a customer's product and it gets damaged in the install. You know, those are the questions that you won't have. Again, I would still recommend a million dollars of liability coverage for the contractor, especially. And if you're working in larger buildings, larger homes, commercial properties, then really, you know, uh, excess liability could be needed there. Um, you know, everybody knows about that. It happened about 10, 15 years ago. The fire in Conshohocken where that apartment building went up. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, imagine, so I think that was like a 10 to $15 million building. Uh, yeah, it was a very large complex. And it was, I believe, a plumber that caused it. Imagine if the plumber only had a million dollars of liability coverage. So hopefully a commercial plumber that, that was doing those types of projects had an additional $5 million of, of liability access to cover a fire of that size that they started. Yeah. That's crazy. Because it, it, it can be, listening to your stories and knowing stories too, it can be something so quick and simple that you just overlook, right? Because it's such a simple accident that causes such a, you know, big problem, you yeah. know? So you mentioned working from home. I feel, and I could be wrong, I feel with COVID, more people have been working from home. So do you feel they ha like have separate questions then or they have a different coverage because it's from home? Can you enlighten us there a little bit? Um, so I really think that the working from home for the average business, the small business owner, let's say under 50 employees, Really, I think the only thing that that could affect most is with regards to workman's compensation, uh, even though it's one country, the United States, uh, we're very divided statewide. So if you had an employee that was living in New Jersey or Delaware and they used to be um, commuting to your location every day, but now they're working from home, you may want to, you should tell your workman's comp provider that you have employees now that are working in New Jersey or Delaware, maybe New York, um, and again, depending on where you are in the state and where the employees are coming from. But if you have employees that are located and doing work in other states, that should be what's called in 3A. Uh, so that way the workman's comp provider knows that you have employees in those states. Because if that employee got injured, like let's say it's an office employee and they got carpal tunnel. Technically, that's a workman's comp claim because they could say it was caused by a lot of time in the typewriter. Or <laughs> I should say typewriter <laughs> computer. <laughs> Dated myself there, right? Um, yeah. Um, I'm laughing but with you. I'm laughing yes, with you. <laughs> laughing with me. Um, but if they, if if you only had Pennsylvania as the only state you do business in, that could raise a flag or cause a concern if the employee was in Delaware that had this issue. Wow. Um, and that's important because I've seen a business owner have to go to a, a Department of Labor issue in Delaware, and the workman's comp provider was not with them because they never told the provider that they're in Delaware now. So it's 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 a big thing. You don't want to mess that up. I feel like I have so many questions. So I'm sorry. So <laughs> I just, because it's, again, it, it's something so quote unquote simple, but I feel like these are, especially for small businesses, these are the things that can bring them down, yeah. you know? And so I guess like my other question would be, where do we get this information from? So do we just call our insurance company? Do we call like, is there a website we check out going, okay, what do I need? How do we get more clarity on what I need to be doing right now. Um, so if you're a business owner and you have business insurance, I assume you, you have an agent and you should be able to tell your agent, Hey, but you know, again, the, if, if you don't have any employees work out of state, don't worry about it. You can like, I guess, you know, stop listening to the podcast for two minutes. But 
fast forward. You have, right. But if you do have employees that work out of state, you would want them or you go out of state. Let's say you're a Pennsylvania based business, but you're traveling often to New Jersey or Delaware, your contractor, your plumber, and you've grown your business where now you have a customer base in Jersey or a customer base in Delaware. You want to have that conversation with the agent and say, hey, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I either have employees that do work in Jersey on a daily basis or my business goes there. Um, make, make them aware that you have an out-of-state exposure. General liability follows you anywhere, but workman's comp, you have to make sure that the policy states what states you do business in on a regular basis. Okay. Because the okay. workman's comp laws are different per state. Gotcha. So the benefits okay. the employee receives are different. Understood. So let's talk a bit, a little bit more about your business. Obviously, you're very knowledgeable of what you do, which is why I was asking all those questions. I want people to know that you're knowledgeable because that's the first thing. People want to feel, in my mind, comfortable that when they call you, it's not like, that's a really good question. Let me find out for you. It's that you know the answer for at least the most part. So tell us a little bit more about your business and how you got started with your business. So I started the business in 2007. Um been in business now for over 15 years. We are what's called an independent agent. Some people like to use the word broker. Terminology is basically the same. But uh, we work with different insurance companies to find the best the best product for our client. Uh, so our main commercial carriers are Erie Insurance, Hartford, and Nationwide. Uh, but we also have access for people in niche businesses um, or maybe someone that needs a, a, a cyber policy or an EPLI policy. Uh, we also have other carriers that that specialize in those lines as well. So with you being an independent one, you have specific states you can work with or? I am licensed in uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and um, and Maryland. Nice. Um, if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, he's answering all the questions, I need more. What is the best way someone can contact you? I would say give us a call. Uh, you know, if, it, if it's a quick question, email can work, but I feel phone call, it's easier to ask follow-up questions and and follow the conversation. So you may welcome the calls and we can talk. Okay, awesome, awesome. And if you're listening, I'll have all this information. I'll have it in the, the notes wherever or the post that you found this on. Um, so say someone's listening and what is the one thing that you feel they need to take away from this podcast? Um, yeah. So the one thing to take away is uh, put price aside for a second and have an honest conversation with your agent to make sure you're covered properly. Because not, nothing always noise where the person's like, should I be telling you this? I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to be covered right or not? Like, <laughs> so tell me what everything that you should tell me to make sure you're covered properly. Uh, because your insurance policy is worth nothing and you paid absolutely too much if you have no coverage. Oh, I like that. I like the way you worded it. Especially if you're thinking about business, like that's a good money mindset for it. You know, if you're paying the less and it's not covering anything, you're already wasting your money. You wasted, if you paid 5,000, you should have paid eight, Well, you could have wasted 5,000 because now you have no coverage and you have that $200,000 thing. Oh, that's a good mindset right there. Because especially as a business owner, you're trying to crunch numbers in any way you can, especially when you're growing. It's like, okay, where do I actually have to spend money? And, you know, everyone says you have to, you know, do me, do me, you know, I'm important, but it's like, insurance is super important that should be at the very top so i mean i almost in a way look at it as a, as a parallel to life insurance so you hopefully are replacing you have the right amount of coverage to replace your income if you pass but you also hope that it's never used like i have you know let's say i have a million dollars of life insurance and it all ends in 20 years right i have a 20-year term i pay whatever a thousand dollars a year 
So 20,000, I hope it's never used and I wasted $20,000. But if something did happen to me, I at least have peace of mind. So similar to, to you know, insurance, business insurance, let's say you pay $5,000 a year, you hope you never use it. But if you do need it, you're going to be awful glad that you paid that amount. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, you're a good point. That peace of mind, you know, that that piece of your business is taken care of. Because like you mentioned, we mentioned a couple of stories and we all know those horror stories. They happen. They're real stories. You know, they're not just a TV show. Like these things really happen. I realized not only did it happen, if, if you injured someone else, there's a highly paid professional that's going to do everything they can to take everything from you. Yeah. Right. They're called lawyers and they're going to do their job to go after you now. So you want to make sure that you have the proper coverage in place to satisfy the claim. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's just that quick. So the other person is going to be paying that person to make sure. I mean, that other know. side is probably going to have a, a well-educated person trying to do everything they can in their power to take everything from you. Oh, it's so scary. And you work so hard for this, but Tom, before I let you go, because I know you're sure. super busy out there saving businesses. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I would one love to so Um, let's get into the lightning round. Sure. Okay. So since you're up here in the cold weather with me, are you a snowbird or do you like the warm better? Oh my god, the warm. No <laughs> summer any day over the winter, just even for the lighter days. <laughs> I got shown a picture yesterday of like someone that was stuck in 80 inches of snow and going, no, could not pay me enough. Could not pay me enough. Wait, wait, um, do, you, do you have Netflix? Yeah, you do. Yeah, there's plenty of shows of people that live like in Alaska, Life Below Zero, because it's amazing. No one watches a show called Living by the Equator. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> cares. <laughs> so true. Well, mentioning Netflix, what is your go-to binge show? Kids are in bed, you and wife laying down, you're like, I just need to clear the mind. What is the go-to binge show? I, you know, after I watch a show, I don't watch it again, but I'll say the best two shows I've ever seen on Netflix are um, The Last Kingdom, which was unbelievable. It's like a medieval time type of show. It's great. And then that, and then The 100, which is, I think started on CW, uh, but that got me and my wife both those shows through COVID. Totally different. One's worth like probably a high school show whatever sci-fi about 20 200 years from now and the other one's based on the 1500s and very violent but they were both great i love it um and my next question would be what is your go-to karaoke song mm. i'm gonna have to say uh 18 in life by skid row it's one of my favorite songs it's a great 80s hairband song <laughs> And um, where is your where is the favorite place that you have vacationed already? That I have or haven't have already have. gone to. I guess Arizona. I think it's, it wasn't awesome. I've been there once, uh, but it was a great experience, and I'd love to go back again. And I think I know this question because I feel like I know this dog or cat person. Dog. Dog, because you have the big dog, right? I, I did have to put him down for you, Scotty. Yes, yes. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But yes, and uh, it's definitely a dog. All right, let's change the subject. Yeah. Cake or ice cream? <laughs> uh, ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, I'm not an I'm not icing guy. I don't need icing. 
that pecan pie is the best out of anything pecan pie or ice cream really oh uh, but a pecan ice cream is that what you're saying well either pecan pie or ice cream but if you have both that's fine too okay <laughs> tom i'm so excited that you made time to come out and you know come and do a podcast i know you're super busy so i just want to say thank you for your time thank you